ladies and gentlemen, and all genders outside and in between. Welcome to the most tantalizing of sex education podcasts, Thirsty Work. Today I'm being joined by the glorious Finley Shortstuff, where we're going to be talking about polyamory. Ooh, it's Thirsty Work. Hello there, you spectacular specimens of humankind. It is I, Valen Vane, and we seem to be doing all right without any kind of uh, technical issues today, which is a uh, thankful one, because I'm not going to lie to you, it's been every episode so far doing surprisingly well. So allow me to introduce our wonderful guest this evening, the glorious Finley Shortstuff. How are you doing, Finn? How's it going? Hello. Hi. Are you doing all right? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah. yeah. Happy go lucky scamp of an individual that I happen to be. Doing all right. Doing okay. It's all fun. Oh, yourself. Okay. Yeah, me. Me. me, uh, Naturally. Come on now. Let's let's not lie about this. When is it? When is it? You know the song, You're So Vain? You bet you think this song is about you. Definitely about me. It's true. It's it's. Never heard of it. Oh, 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 I'm wounded. Wounded, Finley. Wounded. Oh, it's terrible. Yes. It's brilliant. Amusingly, I did actually buy an apricot scarf just so that I could make sure the song was about me. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Anyway, 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 you are... It's on brand. It is. It's so on brand. It's great. Um, We've known each other for a very, very long time. Yeah. Long time now. Um, We've been members of each other's communities and having a really, really good time. And um, I know that, obviously, I mean, at the moment, you're sat wearing your poly amorous top which i love which is some of yeah. our merchandise i realize <laughs> that on merch, the recording yeah. it's reverse round but it, it's fine it's beautiful um, um but yeah it, it was interesting the dynamic because i know that you like your mm. your little polyamorous collective and some yeah. of the members you met through my community which is yes humbling as fuck it's so humbling <laughs> it's just like oh my god it's true yeah it's it's <laughs> glorious but um so in regards yeah. to like polyamory let's let's start mm-hmm. at the like where you are at like your dynamic with your thing like where how do you feel about polyamory what what is it that got you into it and stuff i say got you into it as if it was um, like a choice when was the point where yeah, you felt like <laughs> when was the point where you were like do you know what i don't think because obviously societally mm. we are of a yeah. of an opinion monogamy is the norm Anything other than monogamy yeah. is viewed as cheating or um, anything yeah. like that, which is which is a massive misconception in regards to absolutely polyamory yeah. dynamics. Um, yeah. And I know because you can cheat in polyamorous dynamics you can yeah, indeed. as well. Yeah, definitely. So, at what point? Let's start like at the beginning. Like, yeah, with you growing up, um, I'm assuming understanding mm-hmm. that monogamy was the the normal yeah. scenario. At what point did you? Yeah. Con- consider polyamory um it's not that i considered it it's just that at one point i realized that i loved more than one person at the same time mm-hmm. um and i've been monogamous for a very long time i've um well <laughs> I say monogamous, like I am polyamorous and obviously yeah. I was in uh, my teens uh, mm-hmm. as well um, and early 20s, but it wasn't until um, but the pandemic actually that um, I got multiple partners. Oh, really? Um, was that, it was really that yeah. recent? Because you, like you yeah. and your um, wonderful collection of, of individuals are... are yeah are all very proud and very open yeah Yeah, your little polycule Mm -hmm. that and that's the term that i've always known is is polycule 
for a, a collection. Yeah. And so, so it was like the pandemic. Was it a conversation you had with your partner at the time? Uh, like, obviously, I know the dynamics, but for everybody mm. else who might be listening, do you want to explain what the scenario, oh, yeah. like, what, where you are at and what is your dynamic with, with everybody around you, the beautiful beings that they are? So, um, I've been together with uh, Sandbar, my husband, for over 10 years now. Um, and it was like, even at the beginning of our relationship, I um, was in love with another person as well, um, except we were not ready for that conversation yet. Um, we both had to work through some things and do some personal growth before um yeah we were ready for <laughs> polyamory mm. um and i decided at the time that i wanted to be with sen so um we were monogamous for a very long time and then uh the pandemic hit and um like many other people um you're stuck at home and suddenly mm. you have a lot of room for thinking and figuring yourself out and that's mm -hmm. when our journey started basically and then we um we met our wonderful partner kieran um through your community um and then yeah we both um said and i both confessed that okay we have feelings for kieran and it turns out that was mutual and then we were a throuple. <laughs> just, just as a as point, I want to interject here. I yeah. cannot tell you how much it warms my heart to to know that, like my uh, like my streams and the 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 community yeah. that was built, and and you were, you all three of you were a very integral mm -hmm. part of building that community. To know that you have such a loving dynamic, and that you met through that community that was built yeah that yeah it's it's very heartwarming it's very very heartwarming to to know that that was a scenario um but anyway before my wholesome gets out of control um so <laughs> wholesome is showing yeah no it's it's terrible i need to hide it away um so you so you were married to um semba who who we yeah and a lot of people in my community already are probably very yeah. well aware of and um, at what point, like, was it difficult having that conversation with Sen or even approaching that conversation with Sen? Or was it a situation where the pair of you were just like, look, we need to have a conversation about the fact that neither of us are actually monogamous and we've just been in this scenario for so very long that what, what was the dynamic? Um, when I met Sen, he was working at the local pub. Um, and that was before I started working there myself. Um, and actually from the beginning of our relationship, no, before <laughs> we were friends and I was actually helping um, him find a partner. And then it turns out we had feelings for each other. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, as, as that happens. Um, and actually from the beginning of our relationship, there wasn't the jealousy that you, you that i sometimes see with other couples yeah because we we both worked in a in a bar in a pub and you flirt that's you what do. you do when yeah, you're 100%. behind the but yeah <laughs> um 
and people knew we were together and they were like are you not are you not jealous i was like no i know who is who is coming home with at the end of the night so it's I love that. yeah do you know what? I've, yeah. I've had that i mean you you're all too aware that i'm naturally a very mm. much a flirtatious individual i will flirt with oh yeah everybody including the trolls you know i will i am oh yeah 10 out of 10 and, mm -hmm. and that has been a really important dynamic that i've had in monogamous relationships in the past of of just being like mm -hmm. you know that i am i'm a very flirtatious individual and i'm yeah. going to continue to be flirtatious and you need to be secure enough in yourself because of that whole jealousy dynamic yeah definitely yeah you know? so you were uh, you met kieran through the the community yeah. Um, and I know that, that Kieran now lives with you, which is fantastic, mm -hmm. which is he glorious. Does, yeah. At what point, because that, that was like from a couple to a thruple. Yeah. Did it ever go outside of that where you have um, like separate relationships with different people? And oh, yeah. Was, was that like a hard conversation initially to, to have? Because I know that obviously communication is very, very important. But was that a yeah. difficult conversation in the early days of polyamory? Um, well, it actually started, um, that basically at the same time, Kieran and I also met someone else that we were in a relationship with. So we were basically, um, two throuples and then Kieran and I were the connecting points in mm -hmm. that. Um, um, Communication is a skill. <laughs> Communication is a skill that you need to learn and train and um, difficult conversations need to be had. Um, but that was difficult in the beginning. Yeah, sure. Definitely, because there's also um, trauma involved, um, especially from um, my end um where i'm terrified of being judged and ridiculed so for me it was really really difficult to have those difficult conversations um in the beginning but what were the, if you don't mind me asking what were the what mm -hmm. kind of difficult conversations are we, are we talking here in regards to like tempering jealousy in regards to trust aspects that is it was it those kind of things um yeah um the jealousy definitely i'm i've really struggled with jealousy um and that's some personal growth i've i've had to make and i'm still making um and it wasn't until i was well, I was literally sat down by the rest of the family going, we need to have a conversation this is getting out of hand and um that was um when uh sen got in a relationship with silvora um and i had had partners outside of this dynamic like outside of the throuple before um and sen didn't either didn't struggle with the jealousy or was really good at regulating that for himself but i wasn't um and i yeah i expressed that that jealousy and that created conflict and 
it wasn't that I didn't like Salvor because Salvor and I have been best friends for a very long time. And so I am happy that my husband is dating my best friend. So why, why was I like jealous? Why was I very spicy? Um, and it wasn't until I figured out that I was partially trauma, um, abandonment trauma, um, combined with uh, needs not being met, that um, we started figuring things out and slowly have more difficult conversations. And they do get easier the more you, they're never, they're never fun, obviously, because they're difficult conversations, mm -hmm. but they do get easier over time. And the more you have them. I mean, um, you, we've, yeah. we've said many times in, in the community and mm -hmm. also like you've mentioned every single time we talk about polyamory on, on the stream or on your own stream, even like you're, you're the first thing. Yeah. Communication, 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 communication. Yes. At every opportunity. Yes. <laughs> and. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, I mean, that re even in monogamous relationships, Absolutely, communication yeah. is super important. And, and it's really, yeah. I find it very strange that people so quickly judge a polyamorous dynamic because they just don't understand it. They're like, how could you be with somebody else? And it's like, well, they communicate. They talk to each other. They realize yeah, that and... their emotions are deeper than a physical bond. And yeah they also have needs for other people and stuff. Yeah, and it's... Um, uh, oh, thought left, sorry. <laughs> My okay. ADHD popping up there. Um, That's perfectly fine. Yeah, um, but it's also with... When we started to do difficult conversations, um, we have what we call the cube. The cube, cube toss, which is okay. Yeah, this big foam D six uh, uh -huh. dice. Yeah, and then we either stand in a circle or sit at the table, and then we toss that. And it's not the type of thing where like the one that has the cube gets to speak. It wasn't the beginning because we had to have some rules and like regulate that. But it's the cube. The cube tossing is no judgment and no, um, no pointing fingers, which is very difficult when you're like high in emotion. Um, and then you just tell your point of view, your part of the experience and how you, uh, what I saw from my point of view, and then um, Kieran will say what he saw from his point of view, and so on and so forth. Um, and that has really helped because when you're tossing that cube, you get to put some of the attention, some of the energy into that object that it can be a ball, it can be anything um, that you are uh, tossing around, and that leaves. Um, you less emotional, like reacting less from directly through those emotions. And that has really helped us as a family develop our communication skills. I think that's really important. Um, I know that that's yeah. a, a technique that's used a lot in, in drama troops um, with... Uh, the, and therapy. Yeah, and, and therapy as well, yeah. Because, well, yeah. um, I, I mean, you mentioned a second ago that you also have uh, ADHD, and I'm, yeah. I can imagine that that brings its own 
struggles with like being neurodiverse and being with other mm-hmm. neurodiverse individuals potentially that that brings its own struggles yeah. in regards to communication and i i'm not gonna specifically specify anything with, with you but i know that it's well mm-hmm. known that um certain neurodiversities um can cause struggles with understanding social dynamics and misreading yep. situations and stuff yep. like that so is, yep. is that another <laughs> yeah i love this just yep. agreeing yeah this is correct <laughs> definitely yeah um yeah and that's uh we have some rules in place as a family um to deal with the social struggles to deal with the uh anxiety um for example um when you think someone's upset with you you ask them you and that's terrifying you have to do that for the first time like go up to someone like hey are you upset with me that's that is absolutely terrifying um but it helps because anxiety is your brain filling in the blanks for you and that those are, those are never positive that's always the worst case scenario mm-hmm. so if you don't let your brain fill in those blanks and just ask someone like hey are you upset with me and then they answer like yeah actually isn't this or no i'm just having a bad day and yeah because we have a lot of things sorry no no i I was i was agreeing like (laughs) it's very easy that um even like the vast majority of people i know have that anxious brain where they think that something's wrong and then they immediately blame themselves like it, it's, yeah. I don't know whether it's social conditioning or whether it's um, a Western upbringing or whatever it is, but we have brains that are designed to blame ourselves. And therefore, if somebody's in a mood, and it could be a mood that's mm. got fuck all to do with us, it could be they had a yeah. bad day at work, it could be anything at all, but we are like, no, this is something that I've done. I have caused that issue and until you ask them which like you said is a very scary thing to yeah. do how how do you know i i know somebody who's um got anxiety that talks about the fact that um she says that information she's quite a self-aware person she's like information mm-hmm. really helps so the more information i yeah. have about a situation is that is that similar for yourself and and very specifically i can imagine within a polyamorous dynamic um for myself definitely because um the i am constantly analyzing everything and planning everything it's a trauma response Mm. um it's also how i mask so well is because i read i um read the emotions i'll read the micro expressions the body language the the general feeling of the mood in the household the everything Mm -hmm. um but because it's a trauma response that's also colored by the things that i've been through Mm -hmm. um and they're, they're not always correct so getting that those facts getting that information instead of letting my brain fill in the blanks is really helpful yeah with the anxiety that's really good it like it's, it's good to have that and like you say with the the dice mm. especially um 
it's having yeah. i think it also helps with that having that this is your turn to speak because one thing that's really easy mm. in text conversations is being able to get everything out whereas but there's also no intonation yes in text yes exactly and having the yeah. dice allows you to get everything out or having whatever object it is that you pass between mm. you yeah gets everything out it's just like this is me, my time to speak without any judgment, and no one's going to stop me from speaking and getting all of this off my chest into yeah. the into the dice, as, as you said. Um, but mm. then you give somebody else the chance to retort to that, and you listen to them, and it, yeah. that's it's a really powerful tool just in communication in general. Absolutely, yeah. To have that, I recommend it definitely. Not just in the polyamorous setting, mm. but communication, like you said, it's so important in in monogamous relationship, in in, in friendships, like platonic relationships, and everything. It is just that in polyamory, you don't get around communication. Well, no. you can. You can try to not communicate, but that's <laughs> that's not going to go well. No, um, I mean it does. It doesn't work no. with two people. How is it going to work with? four five people yeah. you know it, it you, if you don't have good communication between a, a monogamous couple the the relationship's gonna fail yeah whereas it's Definitely, i would yeah. imagine it's just all the more important um and i suppose a lot of that also comes down to like communication and of course following up from that trust mm. knowing yeah. that the communication is going to be there now you mentioned earlier about being able to cheat on somebody who's polyamorous yeah. do you, can you explain that a little bit more for me just because so so that we're all understanding of what you mean by that because yeah. i think a lot of people who don't know polyamory is just like oh well it means yeah. i can be with my partner and sleep around and it's yeah. obviously not like that no it, it's it's not like that it can be um but the the most important thing is the trust and the boundaries and again commu communication about your needs and expectations um and um if you have the understanding that like yeah go out have fun if you find someone that you want to go home with yeah do it that's okay but if you've not discussed that beforehand and you do then you would find out that your partners um feel cheated on because this was not discussed this was not part of the uh, agreement not part of our relationship dynamic etc um so it really depends on what boundaries are communicated um yeah and, and then whether or not those are crossed are there different boundaries per different partners or is there sort of like a universal set of boundaries um i like to think that i um cater my relationships to the individual mm -hmm. um, obviously because the four of us live in one home we have um some global rules global understandings and, and some house rules as well um but generally speaking you set those boundaries per relationship mm -hmm. um yeah okay so like this is like you've you've fascinated you you've drawn me into this entire dynamic because i've, <laughs> yeah. I've always known people that were polyamorous 
but I've never mm-hmm. really thought about the dynamic myself. Um, do you like? Because it fascinates me. What what always fascinates me is because I'm I'm always very aware that different relationships have different dynamics and mm-hmm. the trust between two people and the communication between two people. And then when you expand that further out, do you then have to? like be all right with like say you and your husband you've got mm-hmm. uh, certain boundaries and dynamics and then if you and another partner have different boundaries what what if those boundaries like clash um if those boundaries clash then it's very important to sit with everyone involved mm-hmm. together and communicate um, about what exactly, where do they clash? Mm-hmm. What are the boundaries that you're struggling with? Um, um, like some people are completely cool and understanding with uh, knowing what their partner gets up to with other people. Um, some people have um, the understanding that it's or don't ask, don't tell, like, okay, you've been out, now you're with me, and I just want you to focus on me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to know what you've been up to with the other partner. Can be uh, in a sexual context or a non-sexual context. Um, it really depends on what the individual person is comfortable with. Um, and as with um, everything, th- there's a balance um personally i'm not comfortable with the type of don't ask don't tell Mm -hmm. in in the um most extreme sense of 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 that um because it feels like you're withholding information and that is very close to lying for me and i'm not comfortable with that so that's a personal boundary i have but then i (laughs) I don't need to know details yeah, yeah, yeah. of what <laughs> is, is that, the others have been I up to. I suppose that's a fine line, or it can be a fine line depending on the person yeah. of like wanting to know that you had a good time, but not wanting to know yeah. all of the little ins and outs, quite literally in some scenarios, of, of what has been yeah. going on, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. So- and sometimes you don't know... Um, where exactly that boundary is until it's crossed, that also happens. Um, And that can be a huge breach of trust. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, again, something you'll need to talk about with all the people involved. And yeah. I mean, it does sound like you've got a good system. And I can imagine that the system that you and the the family, as we so affectionately call you, um, has got has definitely built up through trial and error because mm-hmm. there isn't like a, a handbook. <laughs> I know that there's no. um, some good books out there um, in regards to like um, ethical non-monogamy um, and like mm-hmm. ba- like understanding polyamory and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's still a, a trial and error sort of dynamic. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's, I, it definitely you, is trial and error, yeah. That's really good. I like <laughs> it. I like it. And because you are not, it's it's not just you and your husband and um, you mentioned mm-hmm. Kieran earlier who live together. Mm-hmm. You also have somebody else there as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's Silvora. That's mm -hmm. um, she's my best friend, one of my best friends, and she's in a relationship with my husband. Yeah, so it's the four of us, of us in one house. How does? Okay, so let let's walk through mm -hmm. how that came about initially, because I'm aware yeah. that you and um, Semba had a uh, mm -hmm. monogamous relationship for many many years, and then yeah. Kieran moved in, and then Salvora moved in, right? Yeah, yeah. At what point were order, you yeah. like, do you know what? Let's move these people into us. Let's help out. Let's. Uh, what what was what was the dynamic? What was the process there? Um. So Sanbar and I live with the two of us in a big house, mm -hmm. um, and we were in a long distance relationship with Kieran, and um. There were some circumstances um, coming together, and we were, he had to move. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had a conversation about why don't you move in with us? Um, that would mean that he had to move to a different country, different culture, etc. Um, but yeah, we did. Um, did that cause any? He moved in with initial... us. <laughs> issues in regards to like having lived together with Sen for so long and then having another person in there mm -hmm. which I obviously understand that the pair of you were in a relationship with so it was yeah. a throuple so you all did love and care for each other but mm -hmm. you get into certain dynamics when you live either live alone or with somebody for yeah. a long period of time to then have that changed up with an extra person what was the situation there was it problematic initially or did it gel really well it, it took some getting used to, definitely. Um, but Senber and I had been um, sleeping in separate rooms for a while because um, that was before Sen was diagnosed with uh, sleep apnea. So, and I'm a very light sleeper and very sensitive to sounds. So mm -hmm. I had my own bedroom. Um, and then Kieran moved in and also got his own bedroom. So everyone had their own space and we still do. Everyone has their own room, their own bedroom, their own bed. Um, and I think that's really important to make this work is that everyone has their own space. Mm -hmm. Every everyone has their own space. But yeah, of course, initially it'll t it took some getting used to um, because we... Yeah, you change your routine, and <laughs> quite hilariously, one of the uh, one of the cats had the most trouble adjusting to a new person in the house. Oh, really? <laughs> it was one very of the animals. territorial. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh wow! And did that happen again when Salvora moved in? Uh, less so, um, because the animals were already used to Salvora being around because ah, okay. we'd been friends for so long. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So what, like, I am very aware that, that polyamory is not the norm. What kind of reactions have you been, have you got in the past in regards to your polyamory? Because I can imagine that oh. people can really struggle with it. Yeah. The most common reaction is uh, from monogamous people immediately going, oh, I could never do that. I'd be so jealous. And I'm like, well, you need to work on yourself. That's some growth you got to do there. <laughs> and that's just generally because jealousy is, 
jealousy is something that all of us will at some stage deal yeah. with and we all need to work on it ourselves regardless of whether polyamorous monogamous yeah um completely aromantic have no interest in relationships at all if there's any kind of jealousy there that's a personal thing that is something we need to work on yeah. ourselves and we cannot expect um our partner partners etc to cater to that need yeah yeah, but that's that's the most common reaction that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I've generally people are just understanding and happy for us. And that's really good. honestly, if they're not, then they're they're usually not that important part of my life. Um, and yeah. Okay, no, that it's, that's that's good because yeah. I know and I'm also aware of having known a few polyamorous individuals, like especially some of the older generation, like family members really struggle, and it's just like you're cheating on your partner or you're doing this, and it's like no, mm. they're they're fully well aware of the dynamic. We're yeah. still very much in love with each other. Have you had any like trouble in regards to people thinking that there's something going on that there isn't because you're all very much together and aware and and acceptable of each other accepting should i say of each other very acceptable very um, acceptable um not that i not that i can remember um i i tend to i tend to not really care much about those opinions because mm-hmm. i know my life and i know that i am happy and this is what i want i could i could not go back to a monogamous relationship um in fact i have been in relationships where i um didn't feel comfortable because i was someone's one and only yeah yeah um so was that like something that you all because like you say you've you've experienced monogamy the well, I suppose the vast majority of your life. Was it always yeah. something that was just at the back of your mind? Like just that dynamic of being somebody's one known and you felt uncomfortable with it? Because I'm very aware that a lot of people are like, oh, I've discovered polyamory or, oh, I'm suddenly polyamorous. Or a lot of people finding that there's a word for, or a word that they believe for, mm-hmm. I'm cheating on somebody. Um. So is, is that like something that you've always just been like, do you know what, I'm I'm not, a one person individual or is it something that you were just like you, like I, i'm trying to want, like work out what it was mm-hmm. that made you go i want to see other people and i still want to be with my partner because i love them very much you know yeah um it's that i like in my teens realized that mm-hmm. i could love more than one person at the same time i just didn't have a word for it um and i <laughs> I was a serial monogamist uh, because I would just go from relationship immediately into another relationship because I already had feelings for someone else. And it's just, it's, it was really eye-opening and good for me to find out that I didn't have to do this. I didn't have to pick just one um, because it it also feels very, um, stressful to me to put 
that much pressure on one person to um cater for your every need for your your every, all the time just that one person that you need to have a click with and have good conversations with and have things in common and then have good sexual energy and have it's it's a lot of pressure to put on one person in my opinion um, i mean it, it it is um and i think a lot of people are I think a lot of people understand, like, realistically speaking, it's a lot of pressure. Being in a relationship, any kind of relationship, is a lot of pressure. Mm. You're, you're expecting a lot from the other person, and they're expecting a lot from you. Yeah. Um, there's, we've talked previously about the whole different dynamics of people putting on people on pedestals and the the mm -hmm. toxicity within um, an unequal yeah. relationship, both in glorifying a partner and in treating a partner like shit. Um, and you're right there is a lot of pressure and i think that's something that monogamous people definitely see is that there's a lot of pressure here but i'm taking that on board myself and i'm i'm okay with taking that on board myself because yeah. they're happy with it and that's fine that's okay it's just something for yourself is just well, like do you know that's a lot of pressure for anybody to be putting on me on yeah. me on them okay interesting i love this yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah um there's also um right now we're um non um hierarchical like no hierarchy in mm -hmm. our um polyamorous dynamic in our polycule um that's not always been the case okay so talk us through um, the concept of a hierarchical dynamic within polyamory just so we're clear on, yeah. on what we're talking about yeah so when you have a hierarchy you have um one partner that is your primary um meaning that they are your highest priority they are your primary your number one which means that any other partner would be secondary tertiary okay like, so you would have um, like your your this is your yeah number one partner everybody else is below yeah. that person um in regards to their needs need met first and then everybody else's okay yeah i i couldn't understand that because obviously like a, yeah. it, it works when the vast majority of the capitalist world you have somebody at the top and then somebody below and the yeah. higher up the hierarchy you are the more important you are to whatever the situation is okay yeah and um through <laughs> Through a sadly abusive relationship uh, within the polycule, mm -hmm. um, we figured out that the hierarchy is, in our case, a very quick recipe for toxicity mm -hmm. um, and actually creates that jealousy because you're not all equal. You have your primary, like just the words primary and secondary partners, just, it doesn't feel right to me. Um, and even in certain um, like uh, kink dynamics, mm -hmm. you can have um, a dominant with multiple submissives, for example, but even, even in that sense, it doesn't feel right um for me mm -hmm. so now we are uh we don't have a hierarchy everyone is um treated 
equally and has a say, like where it's important. Like obviously the people that live in this house are polycule. Um, their uh, opinions are equally valuable when it comes to things uh, considering the, the concerning the house, for example, yeah. and not partners that don't live here. But um, you do have a person that you consider your anchor, which okay. is a, a better term. Instead of primary, it's your anchor, your... Um, yeah. This is the person that can the, ground the... me. Type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's not yeah. like they're the most important. It's just I'm aware of the dynamic between us. Yeah. They are the person that grounds me. They're the person that I can go to and they can level out my whatever the situation is that I'm currently feeling. That type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um but yeah, in in regards to like other things, we take um, everyone's um, needs and and emotions and opinions in account in like equal measures, and it's very important for all of us that everyone is comfortable in whatever it is we're discussing. That's really that's really good. in regards to the needs because I I can see that mm -hmm. I can see that and especially knowing you all. I know that the dynamic yeah. is very balanced and, and sometimes it gets a little bit off balance, but you all work together to try and rebalance it a little bit because of various mm. different uh, circumstances that, that might affect that, yeah. that balance, you know? Um, and it's really good that you all work together. And I suppose that is like the ideal for a polyamorous relationship is that working together to create this balance. Um, yeah. What about when people do... Well, like, because because within you've got a, a household mm -hmm. of four individuals, um, two of yeah. which you're in a relationship yourself. Um, what happens if multiple people have the needs? Because I'm I'm thinking about like in a monogamous relationship, if that mm -hmm. person, your your relative partner, your significant other, calls you up and is like, "Oh my god, I just need I need you right now, just to just to be here and just things." What happens if multiple people are in that scenario? And because you said there's not a hierarchy, do you all just come together? Yeah and and work through it together or is there like as you say the anchors do you all go to the same anchor or is it just not come up um, <laughs> <laughs> oh it does definitely um and um it also comes down to checking in with yourself and your needs and like the the spoons the amount of energy that you have to be able to spend on someone else's emotions because the majority of the time you have emotions regarding that situation as well and if it's something that's um if there's uh um two people have been in a fight for whatever reason um we usually you know again grab the cube and put all of it like together in the same room and everyone talks about it because it affects everyone because everyone can feel that energy of there has been a fight there's something on there's tension um yeah no it's good because you're right it does it does mm -hmm. affect everybody like yeah the amount of times that somebody and and to put it into perspective for, for people might that might not understand a polyamorous di mm -hmm. dynamic so the amount of times, think of the amount of times that you've had a really shit day at work 
then you come home and yeah. that shit day at work affects the situation with your partner. It's the same mm -hmm. sort of thing. If if a couple are having a, a shit time of things, it'll have a knock-on effect to other relationship dynamics that you have with, yeah. with other individuals. Okay. Yeah. And, no, no, and it's really important when... Um, so you someone had a shit day at work and comes in and has that general energy of, ugh, had a shit day. Um, coming back to that a rule about anxiety um, where you have to ask someone, hey, are you upset with me? Um, and they could just say, no, I've just had a bad day. And my, I myself have noticed that when someone asks me, like, hey, what's going on? Are you upset with me? That is the moment that it clicks for me and that I can ground because, oh, yeah, I am tense. The amount so, of times that happens yeah. where you just don't realize <laughs> yeah. that you are super tense about uh, something and it's just like, oh, yeah. oh God, this is this is the worst feeling. Yeah. Why, why do I feel like this? Oh, Lordy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really important. I don't want to I don't want to talk about it too much um, because I think it's mm. but I think it is important to to have a moment to say that like you you mentioned earlier that you'd previously been in a situation that where there was abuse i don't want to go dig in, yeah. dig into that itself but it is important to mm. know that there are dynamics it's not like uh, okay as soon as you've got multiple partners everything's going to be fine and dandy there are still dynamics where there will be people out there who who are abusive and will try and manipulate a circumstance yeah. Even if you have multiple other people to go to and other people to ground you and other people yeah. to talk to, there's still going to be the potential that just because somebody says they're polyamorous does not mean they're immediately a really open-minded, like relaxed individual, you know? Yeah. So I think that's... Absolutely, and, yeah. yeah. I don't, I'd like I said, don't want to, don't want to dig deep into the yeah, situation, no. <laughs> but, uh, but I did want it to, I think it was important to, to mention it for sure. Absolutely. Um, on a more positive yeah. note. No, though, excuse me. Yeah. On a more positive note, like, with the understanding, like, I'm very aware from my very younger years, um, when I was, like, 15 and, like, 14, 15, and I was going out clubbing because mm -hmm. I was a naughty child and I used to go out clubbing from a very, very young age, I remember people using the line of, of like, oh, don't worry, I'm in an open relationship. Oh, like they'd hit on mm. somebody and they'd be like, don't worry about the fact that I've got a girlfriend. I'm in an open relationship. Like, how do you, in, in your experience and potentially the experience yeah. you know of, of, of the, um, the rest of the, the, your, your mm. little family, your little polycule, um, how do you get around that with when you're finding new partners? Like when you're getting with somebody new and you're like, do you know what? This is um, a, a situation where I'm actually quite interested in getting with this person. Hmm. How do you approach that? And very specifically, how do you approach that with their feelings in mind of the, the fact that, first of all, they might not be polyamorous themselves? Yeah. Is it something you predetermine, first of all? Or? Um, so I am very demisexual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, um, I need to have that established trust, that spark, that... Um, Basically, there needs to be a level of platonic love before mm. I can feel love or lust. 
Yeah. So by the time I've reached that threshold, we they know that I'm polyamorous. Okay. So do you think that demisexuality yeah. is very much a, a recurring thing within polyamorous relationships? Because I'm just thinking mm. everyone I know, I think is pretty much demisexual. Or would you just say it's yeah. potentially, possibly variations? Yeah, I, I think that people that are in a poly, polyamorous dynamic, sorry, two words at the same time, <laughs> <in my brain. laughs> um, are more open and more aware of their sexuality. Um, because like you mentioned, we have to f basically fight for every step of the way for our, our rights and to be heard and to be respected and taken seriously. So, um, while we're talking about polyamory, then we're also going to be open about our sexuality and, and gender, etc. because it's just, um, yeah, but I, I don't know if like what the statistics are. Um, I don't know whether there are many about around polyamory. To be honest, with you. <laughs> the I science don't... of sexuality is vastly insufficient. Um, yep. I was going to say something there. I can't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's the statistics. I think it's it's a really interesting dynamic, and it's because the thing is, like, the history of polyamory has been like is huge. It was only really the victorian british colonization of half the world that really brought our yeah. stiff upper lip um very shallow I mean, hidden away thinking of of um, <laughs> of of the way that relationships should be um because yeah. you you go back in history polyamory was rife across the vast majority of cultures um, oh yeah you would have like your your partners and like yeah it, it's it's really interesting i was reading about um many years ago i was reading about like mm. a, a village that um that they would have polyamorous relationships with nearly everybody in the tribal people that they were they were happy to to discuss mm. uh, or to be in and all of the babies that were made nobody knew who the like genetic fathers were. everybody cared for the children they, yeah, of it was, that it was the children village, of the village commune, yeah. whatever yeah and that was that was fascinating yeah. to to read about Especially yeah. as it's so different to what, as a raised Catholic mm. Englishman was was raised with, it's it's such a different dynamic, you know. Yeah, Catholic Church had a big hand in monogamy being the standard across the world. Definitely. Um. Yeah. Like and you. <laughs> yeah. It did. You mentioned 100%. the Brits, but the Dutch had their hand in there. The, oh, they definitely did. The I mean, colonization as well, and uh, you know, yeah, Christians too. So people didn't marry for love; like they they married for like wealth and status and land and what have you. And you would have um, your spouse was not for love; <laughs> it was for procreation and status. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, so wild to think that like monogamy and especially that relationship escalator is the standard now and it's it's genuinely especially when you like i said looking back into history it's it's a fascinating read especially i've done a lot more um research on it 
like looking into doing we're doing the podcast mm. and doing the sex ed seminars and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah like learning more and more like the ancient greeks you would you would have a wife for having children but then you would have relationships with men like a, a cis man would have a wife mm. for having children and they but they would have relative male lovers for pleasure you would you would sleep with a man for pleasure and you would have the wife for procreation and yeah. from what and i they believe that made you stronger yeah, yeah that was that was the well. similar yeah. for for um again i'm going cis women because that mm. was what the records i've read about sure oh, yeah um was it was like yeah you you have your husband for procreation to bear him children but other than that like all these young ladies are perfectly happy to to enjoy themselves with each other and go wild we'll do it in this yeah. temple together um but yeah it's it's a fascinating especially like i said being raised very roman catholic and very much a you will have your perfect love you'll find your one true love Ah, mm. uh, they, for those people yeah. that are listening, that was a delightful cringe on Finley's face. <laughs> they, oh god, <laughs> oh good lord, jeez, really? This is yeah. this is wild. Oh wow. Yeah, especially that. Um, you know, you get to know each other. You go on a date, and then you get in a relationship, and you move in together, and then you get engaged, and then you get married, and then you have kids. That's the escalator that society has created for us. Relationship. This is it. There you go. Yeah, this is your option. It's fascinating, especially in this day and age, that we, because the internet, and, and the internet has done some horrible, horrible things in the world, but one thing that it's really done, I've said it many times, is is really opened up some of the conversations around sex, sexuality, um, sexual mm. dynamics like polyamory and stuff like that, and it's made everything a lot more accessible because people are not afraid to talk about it. Um, sometimes they do it anonymously because they're not sure about how where they stand and stuff. But it gives yeah. that it gives people that freedom to ask the questions. It gives that free people that freedom to explore themselves um, and their own dynamics and and ask the questions. And obviously have podcasts like this where I can just turn around and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> let's talk about polyamory. Yeah, let's learn some stuff, you know? Yeah. You know? Okay, so let's finish with what would you say are some of the absolute highs about your experience with polyamory? Um, it's my experience with, with polyamory, especially with our family in this household is just there's always someone to talk to. There is um, always like ready to help each other. And especially um, when it comes to the household, but it might also be neurodiverse <laughs> implemented there. But um, things that I struggle with sensory wise, for example, uh, chores that I can't do, someone else can do, and I can do chores that they have. Um, <laughs> sensory issues with uh, oh, uh for so example cool. but it's it's yeah it's mostly the there's always someone there for you and such a beautiful we all want to have. yeah the best for each other and it's just i love my family i i love them so much it's yeah it's good it's hard work but it's it's worth it definitely <laughs> oh i love that I love that yeah. so much. Well, thank you so much, Finn, for um, joining me today and being so open and honest and, and clear with us 
about the the dynamic um, and uh, we need to say that obviously there will be many polyamorous relationships out there that are very different from your own there'll be many monogamous relationships out there yeah. that will be again different from from any others it, it, relationships are between individuals and those individuals vary wildly and the relationships yes. within that will also vary wildly but thank you so much for sharing your experience and your um understanding and and your your love that you have for your family i really appreciate it yeah, I really, really appreciate. Thank you so it. much for having me. This is this great. This oh, is nice. It was great. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah. So yeah, and also, too. thank you very much to everybody here that has been watching us um, record this live. I really, really appreciate it. You beautiful beings. I realize there's been a lot of conversations going on in the chat. Um, while I'm doing the podcast, I can't do any uh, any responses to those. But um, there's been some really interesting things that I've spotted out the corner of my eye as you've been going. Um, but mm. thank you so much. I really appreciate um, all of the tolerance you have for each other, the um, conversations you've had in regards to trying to understand each other. You're you're wonderful individuals. You're absolutely wonderful individuals. Um, it looks like my my bot is broken, unfortunately. But that's all right. That's okay. Um, friends, we're going to go raid somebody. I know exactly who we're going to go raid um, because it's uh, it, I, I would I like to raid somebody. I like to throw out the love and and se send it over. Friends, um, if you don't know. Finley, do you want to give yourself a shout out, Finn? Uh, shout out, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Finley. <laughs> My pronouns are they, them. Um, I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Finley Short Stuff, where I do crafts and art and games and flail and... <laughs> Lots of flailing. Be chaotic, yeah. Be you also talk, talk about, about this stuff quite uh, freely, don't you? Like uh, yeah. you're you're a very open yeah. individual in regards yes, to stuff like this. So if anybody does have any further questions mm -hmm. and stuff, by all means, go check out Finley. For those people that are listening to the podcast or watching the VOD on uh, YouTube, I will stick the uh, relative link down below in the uh, in the descriptions so that you can all go and follow Finley. Thanks so much, Finley. I really appreciate it.